clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Welcome to Simultaneous Catch Live. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Josh Lapping. We're trying something fun today. We're going to record our actual episode live on Facebook before Wildcard Weekend. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. We'll see if it works. Uh, the mic's really close, so when I do editing, it might be really tough. But anyway, you're listening to Simultaneous Catch. Or watching. Or That's true, yeah. I mean... What we would have like I always wanted I always liked when Mike and Mike had the bobbleheads. I grew up always wanted to have like something that sat. I should have put something there. Yeah. Yeah. What would uh, you have put there? Sophie. That would like him take the entire camera. It's up. all right. Well, anyway, welcome to Simultaneous Catch once again. People don't we're, know who Sophie is anymore. We're <laughs> we're previewing the wild card weekend here. We're gonna go in reverse game order so that we end with the game of the week. Game of the week. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, It'll be so, a good one. yeah, it was a wild week 17, lots of stuff happened, and here we are, NFL playoffs are here, it just feels like, it's weird, we were talking about this the other day, but in in a way, there's a level that always feels, it goes so quick, but then on the flip side of that, there's a level that feels like, wow, really a lot of time has passed. Yeah, I think when you like think about it in retrospect of like, football, you're like, oh man, this went so quickly, but if you think about things that you did throughout like the months of football it's yeah. like wow that was like a, a while ago you're right like I, I blink my eyes and here we are but when you think about we did canterbury we did like all kinds of stuff moved into apartment moved into a new apartment during the, like it's just it's pretty crazy the way life has led us to where we are now that's beautiful yeah well let's talk about some football here let's uh we're gonna go reverse order of games but before we do oh, that yeah. what's up I'm gonna cut you off oh here we i go. need to i need to shake your hand yeah yeah, one pal's picks again. I did. Uh, it was really close. By the for those of you who paid a yard. Oh yeah, it's one pretty, by a yard and a missed call. But <laughs> uh, pal's picks two years in a row. Uh, it's it slightly makes up for the fact that I lose every bet that we make. That's Just fair. like slightly. That's fair. Uh, so yeah, we I finished eighteen and eighteen, and Josh was seventeen and nineteen. Yep. Came down to the Seahawks game, which was exciting. It didn't happen, but uh, I think it, in the end it helped out your Packers. Just so you know, yeah. we had that conversation. We'll see. Anyway, I so we're getting wavered to the, on that throughout well, the day. We'll talk after about it. it so we're gonna go reverse order of the game so that we end with the Bills Texans game, right, leading you right up to kickoff. So last game of the week is gonna be Philadelphia Eagles, the NFC East champs, hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, so what are your initial thoughts about this game? Yeah, well, first of all, I think we need to talk a little bit about Philadelphia and be like, sure, yeah. what a, not only Philadelphia, but the whole East, that yeah. whole division is just weird. And and for, I mean, you were right the entire year. I, I jumped on the bandwagon like week six, five, six, somewhere around there. It certainly wasn't the way that I think either of us mapped it out. Definitely not. Or anybody, no. anywhere ever mapped it out. If there no. was somebody that like said the team was going to like get in with that record, 
they probably won a lot of money saying that. Yeah, probably. Predicting the season would go that way for that division. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, people go back and forth on this. Some people are like, these teams don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And some people think that, you know, you just do what you need to do to get into the dance. And you're in the mm-hmm. dance, and that's all you need to do. Yeah. So, obviously, uh, you know, you have to tip your hat to Philadelphia because – They've been in playoff football for about a month now, and they they yeah. got the job done. So kudos to them. With all that being said, they have a pretty tough test coming in. I think probably yeah. probably the team they'd want to play the most in the playoffs in the NFC if they had to pick, like based on. I mean, I don't know who based on the four the two teams that they could have played. Or do you mean just like based off of anybody I mean, who could have snuck in? Kind of, well, I mean, like if, if you look at the six teams that are there right now, oh, they probably. Minnesota, I mean, you could actually even make the argument for Green Bay. They, they beat them earlier in the year. It's true. They couldn't want Green Bay to come in. But with how the wild card is set up, probably Seattle's the team they would want to play, especially with their injury. Sure, they brought back yeah. Lynch, and <clears throat> he had like three good runs maybe. Maybe be yeah. a little more acclimated. We'll see what he can do. But Absolutely. You can certainly attack that defense to the air versus the run game. So I think it's going to be a fun game, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's just so fascinating to see a team sort of being put together on the run here, uh, which is kind of cool knowing that, like, when Nick Foles went on these runs for Philly, he had, you know, the deck fully stacked. He had all these guys. He had Aguilar and and Jeffrey and Ertz and Goddard. And, like, I mean, they had full guns a-blazing every time that he came in. And Wentz is kind of putting this thing together with duct tape and – Super glue to put with his team with Greg Ward and uh, Josh Perkins. Yeah, what was that third string tight end? That, uh, Boston Scott, the running back, love him. Philadelphia had was the first team with four thousand oh, yeah. yards with a wide receiver that didn't top five hundred. And yeah, and listen, like we can we can bring up Wentz debates as long as it, to the cows come home, but legitimately first passer in NFL history to go for 4,000 without a single receiver over 500 yards. I mean, he's literally, I think that that is one of the most impressive things from the entire NFL season. No matter how it happened or how they put it together, that's just, he he was willing this team to victories. And props to Jim Schwartz and that defense too for stepping up big in moments when it mattered most. Uh, Yeah, certainly. I I know you're not the biggest Jim Schwartz fan, but we both agree he's a good defensive coach. Um, But yeah, I mean, this this game is very fascinating to me because most people are picking Seattle. And I mean, for good reason, of course, because Seattle is one win away from being a two seed. You know, so or a three seed, more than one of the two. Yeah. Depending on how it all fell out. But yeah, so it's gonna be fascinating. Uh if you're just joining us, thank you for joining Simultaneous Catch Live. Uh we are doing our wildcard weekend episode and we're doing live, but we're also recording the episode. Uh this isn't <laughs> normally how we sit, but giving you a little look in about when we record our episodes. You did not compliment my shirt this week. I because they can see it. They can see how beautiful it yeah, is. Yeah, but like, like last week you complimented. Beautiful? Like, this, is that a new shirt? This is soft. Yeah, it's a new shirt. I don't people want to watch me pet Josh on Facebook Live. <laughs> but we're talking about Philly-Seattle game right now. We're going reverse order of the games, the last game of the week. So what are, so what are your, some of your keys to victory for both teams? Well, I feel like it's kind of obvious to state – for Philadelphia, it's going to be Carson Wentz and his relationship with these receivers that are playing. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of weeks, they really did step up. Greg Ward is a player that you've been throwing accolades at the last handful of weeks. Yeah, I mean, the kid's been great. Former college quarterback. And I think that's really cool. Maybe that, that's a cool thing to be like, they have a connection with the quarterback because they know what a quarterback's right. looking for. Yeah. But these two teams, Carson Wentz, I don't want to say these two teams, these two quarterbacks, Russell Wilson versus Carson Wentz, they played three times. Yeah. Russell's 3-0 and versus Carson Wentz. Yeah. If there's ever a time that they need to flip that script, it's this game. Yep. And it's going to be a difficult test. He is down his wide receivers. He doesn't have all of his weapons. Is yep. Zach Ertz playing? I, I'm not sure. Zach Ertz is questionable. Okay, well, that should we be know events, that, but I don't know. We I know. Don't I, know. I don't think Aguilar is playing. I think he was uh, out. As well. Okay, so a little stats talking <laughs> about those wide receivers. So let's compare. So thanks, Tyler, thanks for the tip, Drew. Tyler, can you that? I don't, if, if if one team can score more points than the other, they will win the game. Oh, thank I, you. I don't know if we need to do the whole episode now. I think we can just I probably think, stop. Yeah, thanks for listening. That was John Madden right 
<laughs> no, it was Booger McFarland. Anyway, go ahead. So Tyler Lockett, wide receiver of the Seattle Seahawks, somebody that we've talked about yes. being kind of not necessarily a superstar, but has a lot of characteristics. He's been very inconsistent this year. He has, but he was also dealing with injuries. Anyways, <clears throat> 82 receptions, 1,057 yards, and eight touchdowns this season. Compared to the active wide receivers that are playing in this game for <laughs> Philadelphia, they have eight receptions combined for 840 <laughs> yards and five touchdowns. So if we're talking about a key. It's those guys. It's those guys Incredible. out wide. It, it, that's and I that makes sense for me for Philly. But my key for Philly is the running backs. And I well, they certainly have literally wide receivers. Literally, it's Miles Sanders who I believe is going to play. It's Jordan Howard who's going to be active. It's this kid Boston Scott with three touchdowns last week. I mean, it's these three guys who are not only going to run but catch the ball for Carson Wentz. He loves throwing into the running backs. Miles Sanders was having an unbelievable finish to the season here, just taking over as the you know the focal point of that offense with Wentz in the passing game and the running game and and for me that is the way philadelphia wins this game they limit seattle as much as they can because the defense is good and it's great at home it's much better at home than it is away although that is uh sort of bloviated a bit with they got to play washington and in new york but still i i just i look at it as if these running backs can get rolling running and passing then this this philadelphia team is going to be hard to beat and i I don't know if I see that happening. I mean, we'll get to game picks in a, in a little bit here. But for me, that's the key to victory for Philly. My key to victory for for Seattle is in Ross I Trust. I mean, the, the guys just got to take over because, I mean, their defense has been interesting this year. There are times where they have been sort of an opportunistic defense where they get takeovers yeah. and then they capitalize on that because they're, you know, a veteran team in that way. But – this is also a very young offense. Russell is the wily veteran on this team, but you've got young like Lockett's a younger guy. I mean, he's it's his fourth or fifth year in the league. But then you got the rookie DK Metcalf or Decaf Metcalf, if you're me. It's one of my favorite nicknames from the year. It's one of the best things Booker Farms ever said. But anyway, uh, you got him. You've got Jacob Hollister, who's a young tight end. You've just got all these young pieces, and then you've got all of a sudden the veteran backfield with Robert Turbin and. Marshawn Lynch, but this kid Travis Homer, who had a really, 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 well. really w- good game. And you see the um, the audio of Marshawn talking to him no. during the game. He was like, "You're inspiring me right now. Keep playing hard," uh, which awesome. is really cool. And then he went and scored a touchdown, which is cool. So for me in Seattle, it's just Russell's got to lead the troops because we don't know what we're going to see from the Seattle defense. From the Seattle defense, we just don't know which team's going to show up. Uh, they are better on the road than they are at home, oddly enough, but. I know that Russell Wilson will show up, and we need, and you, you just need him to lead the charge for this team. That's my key for them. Yeah, makes a ton of sense. Now, remember, I think what's a very interesting cog in this puzzle or a piece in this puzzle is for the longest time we were kind of debating who is going to be the MVP, Russell versus Lamar right, Jackson. Right. When they went out to Philadelphia is where I feel like they kind of hit that roadblock. They kind of smashed into the wall, and this team slowed down for most intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. So it's coming out to the city that they're going back to, the city of brotherly love. This is where they hit that first real big stumble block. They'd mm-hmm. had that throughout the course of the season, but they really corrected it. Mm-hmm. Got things hot in the second quarter in a lot of games. But this game, they really slowed down. Mm-hmm. They didn't get their usual firepower. Right. We'll see if they have a similar difficulty in this game. And if they do, I think Philadelphia will be able to figure it out versus the first time okay, they played. that's fair enough. So X-Factor in this game for you. X-Factor, it's, well, I think it's just going to be the defensive line against Russell Wilson. It's okay, going to be fair. Fletcher Cox. It's going to be yep. Brandon Graham. And they were a huge part in mm-hmm. getting to the playoffs. They had a great game yeah. against Dallas. They had Brandon a very Graham. good game last yeah. week against the Giants. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be those guys because while they're secondary, I think it's a little more attacked than it should be. I mean, they have been taken advantage of throughout the course of the year, but yeah. I think they're kind of being, I don't want to say scapegoat because they have given up plays, but right. people are like, they're awful and they're not, they're not that bad, no. but their defensive line needs to put pressure on Russell Wilson because if you let him run around yeah. or do that backpedal that you were talking about, you talked about how Russell really like backpedals more than a lot of quarterbacks create. He that does. Time. It's so fascinating. If you really, if you're gonna, when you watch this game, pay attention to it. Or when you watch all the games, I have never seen a quarterback do it like Russell does. He will backpedal in the pocket five, sometimes ten yards, and it works. Like it's, it's a lot of guys, it's catastrophic, but it works for him. It's so fascinating. Yeah. So if they if they let that happen and they don't collapse the pocket to keep him inside and not yeah. scrambling around. 
I think it'll be a long day. So I'm going to go in the same light on the defensive line. For me, it's Jadivian Clowney. Absolutely. That, that's the X factor for me because we he know, is a X factor. Like we said, we know that Russell's going to show up, and we, you need him to to win this game. We know that Carson Wentz is going to play well because he's been playing well for a month now. Or he's been playing great for a month with random guys. But what we don't know, and I talked about it, is the Seattle defense, and Jadavion Clowney has – since his huge game against San Fran and San Fran where they won that, yeah. he hasn't really been the Jadavion Clowney we've come to know. So for me, that's the X factor. Can, He's also been dealing with injuries. It's true, but can, can Jadavion Clowney make a handful of plays that we know he's capable of making, those superstar X factor in the in the zone plays, can he make those to win this game, and that's that, That's what's going to be for me. I think they could do it without that, but if we're talking about X factors, what can really flip this game on its head, it's that for me. Sure. So let's get to Pal's picks on this game. What do you got? Uh, I'm still going with I'm going with Seattle. Okay. I think while they are going in the playoffs, losing two games in a row last week was obviously yeah. – you can't say a fluke because it's not, but they really probably should have had it for a few things go one way and they say football is a game of inches and that's true and that's a cliche for a reason but that game really proved it that game the last game of the year came down to inches and so it was kind of a cool way to make that cliche a true thing absolutely with that being said this is a team that's been there this is Carson Wentz's first postseason game he hasn't been there Russell has he's won a Super Bowl he's been to another these players well, Philadelphia, like their some of their defense, like their defensive line, but like their young secondary hasn't. But I just I, I feel like the experience will be there, and I think experience is especially important, especially in this weekend of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you on the Seattle. I'm definitely going with the Seahawks here. I just I we I like Philly. I like Carson Wentz. I've been very high on him in his career. Um, and he's been great in the past month, and I love the story, uh, story of of Boston Scott and Greg Ward and Josh Perkins and all these guys just coming up and and then filling the roles that they need to fill. And of course, you know, other PSU's guys I love Miles Sanders. You know what I mean? So I mean, there's so much that I love about this Philly team. I just don't think they're gonna have enough. I just think that Russell gets it done, and Russ I trust. And I don't think it's more complicated than that. You know what I mean? I just think that it's gonna come down. I, a lot of people are saying that. Um, these two games on Sunday are the two ones that have the biggest possibility to end up being blowouts, um, which is interesting to me that nobody's talking about Tennessee, uh, New England, but uh, and by that I mean Tennessee blowing out New England, but <laughs> um, but I don't see it that way. I do see this as a as a gritty contest, and I'm going to say that Seattle wins it twenty three seventeen. That's what I got. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if you're just joining us, thank you. This is Simultaneous Catch Live. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Josh Lapping. Thanks for tuning in. We're recording our episode live while we go on Facebook Live before Wildcard Weekend. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. It's almost about an hour till game time for the Bills. So we're previewing the games. We're going in reverse order so that we end on the Bills right before kickoff. We just finished talking about Seattle at Philadelphia. Josh and I are both picking Seattle. And now we're going to head to Minnesota at New Orleans, a fascinating game. There's a lot of storylines here. The Saints are set up to go on a revenge tour here, and it starts with Minnesota where they lost in Minneapolis a couple years ago and the unbelievable play from Case Keenum to Stephon Diggs. And I'm interested in this game a lot. I... A lot of people think that this is going to be the blowout of the weekend. That that, that there's just there's too much going for for New Orleans team of destiny. Excuse me, they have all this firepower, and that Minnesota just won't be able to handle it. So just so just talk to me about this little. Yeah, like I, I understand why people are thinking that and saying that. Sure, like this is a revenge game. This is the first major playoff snafu of the last couple of years for, mm-hmm. for New Orleans and whatnot. But to say, I, I don't see this as that kind of game at all. Minnesota, while they're also coming in off two losses, last week they pulled their starters, of course. And mm-hmm. two weeks ago when they played Green Bay, they didn't have Dalvin Cook, et cetera, right. et cetera. But this is a good team. Yeah. And this is a team that shouldn't be slept on, especially with the offensive firepower they have. This is a team where it's offense, when it clicks, it's scary as heck. Yeah. It doesn't always click. But if it does, and this is a game where they need it to, like they don't yeah. have more opportunities. <laughs> They're like, well, we they can't be like, well, we'll put it together next week because they don't have that opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is this. 
I don't think it's a blowout at all. I think no, I guess no I guess what is your definition? I mean, not necessarily yours, but what do people consider a blowout? Maybe is... I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I think it just depends on the feel of the game. You know what I mean? I think that you're right, though. It depends on what your definition of blowout is. But like, I could see New Orleans winning by like ten, I but I don't think I don't that know, means I don't a, blowout. That a blowout. No, uh, unless they're up by ten, like the whole game, and Minnesota is never really like in it. You know I would consider I mean? a blowout by ten if like. New Orleans scores forty five to zero, and then like they stop playing, and like right, New right. Orleans so there's out. a lot of factors in there. Yeah, uh, I mean Dalvin Cook's two weeks of of resting, which is yeah, big. but that's huge. So for him, I mean, they like it. I said, you know, I don't it's a tough front to run against. I don't think it'll be a blowout either. I do think that all four games end up being really good this weekend. But it's uh, all four in your hobby bad, right? Uh, but my keys to victory for both teams, uh, my keys to victory for Minnesota is Dalvin Cook, and I know that the. You know, analytics Twitter is going to be all over me about the run doesn't matter, doesn't improve your EPA. Um, but but in this game for me, it does matter because Kirk Cousins in his career, 0-15 against teams with 700-plus win percentage. Wow. It's unbelievable. I looked like – and I, I've been a defender of Kirk his whole career. I love Kirk Cousins. I love the guy that he is. I like the player that he is. I think that people get on him too much. and But, I, like, I would like to see – this is a bad matchup because I would like to see Minnesota win because so much, so much is against them. Uh, but we love the Saints too. I, mean, I don't you know think it's crazy I mean? to think Minnesota can win. So, uh, but I just my key to victory is Dalvin Cook, and it, that could be in the, in the pass game too. I mean, he's just an unbelievable back. Oh, I think if they do win, it will be through the pass game because of him. It'll right, be similar to Dallas when they beat Dallas. And I just think that I think that he's got to get rolling. I think he's got to score, and I think he's got to be a weapon in both both sides of the ball. I mean, he, he can run as much as he can, but I need him to, You, if you're a Minnesota fan, you need him to make a, the kind of play that he did against Dallas where at the end of that first half where they hit him and he just like cut right through the middle diagonally through the defense all the way down to the goal line and they end up scoring on that play. Like I remember watching that being like, my God, he accelerated so fast. He's so quick. Uh, hopefully he, that. hopefully he has that explosiveness back with him. But that's my key to victory, and I know it's a simple one, but it's just got to be Dalvin Cook. And for the Saints, the Saints is just be as creative as possible with your weapons on offense, something that Sean Payton's done all year. And we've been on this a lot because I think a lot of people forget about it, but Sean Payton was the OG in all of these um, sort of cool play calling and, and emotions and, and, and formations that are unique and things like that. So I, I just really think that the key for them is they need to get Alvin Kamara involved in the running game of the past game. And he's come on yes. in the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. You, you get Jared Cook, who's made some great plays in the last couple of weeks. Use Taysom Hill in the way that they use Taysom Hill. You know, Michael Thomas having one of the greatest seasons of all time for a wide receiver. Just like get all of these weapons in on the game, you can't get. I don't, the way that New Orleans loses this game for me is if on offense they are like, okay, we're just gonna feed the ball to Mike Thomas the whole game, and now you know what I mean. And we talked about it how like, but if they can use all these other weapons, that's when you can not beat New Orleans. Yeah, that's when they become almost unbeatable because they have so many pieces around them. Yeah, well said. Well said. I'm going to flip the the script a little bit. I'm going to say for Minnesota, I mean, obviously you're right. I think it is Dalvin Cook. It's also getting feeling digs back to where they were last year. Yeah. Not where they've just shown in flashes. But I'm going to say the X factor and the key to the game for Minnesota is their secondary. It's Xavier Rhodes coming back to what Xavier Rhodes was a few years mm-hmm. ago. He's had a down year and has really not played very well did, for most intense purposes. Did Minnesota play Houston this year? I don't think so. Because in on the uh, countdown show, uh, Michael Irvin interviewed uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and he told him to give him his top five corners he's played, and he's has, still has Xavier Rhodes in the top five. Yeah, I don't think they played this year. I was going to say so. Xavier Rhodes is for much of his career, he's been one of my favorite corners, and he, that's coming from yeah. a Green Bay fan. Yeah. Uh, so seeing his regression this year, but they're going to need him. They're going to need a player like Harrison Smith. Now I know he's out of free safety, not mm-hmm. strong safety, but. We're going to have to cover. It's going to be covering Michael Thomas because you're going to want to have to make the other players like Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara, who are both very, very talented, but they're not. I don't think they're they're looked at in that way because of mm-hmm. the monster that Michael Thomas is for the yeah. Saints, especially this year, yeah. which 
I mean, if they can get that commitment and get people to shy away from them, they'll take advantage. Mm -hmm. But if you can get a guy like Rhodes or, you know, maybe it's going to be Trey Waynes. I don't know. I also really love Trey Waynes. And the safety like that to cover up Michael Thomas to really limit, because you're not going to stop. If you can limit him, you're going to be able to do some damage. And we've seen it from teams like Atlanta, where Atlanta hung around and they even beat New Orleans once. And those are the games that really Michael Thomas didn't have his best Mm -hmm. stat lines. Uh, so, I mean, you're segueing into X-Factors. If we're talking about X-Factors, for me, that's Daniil Hunter. Uh, this is two for, I know this is two for two on defensive edge rushers for my X-Factors. But I just, if Drew Brees in this offense gets into a rhythm, it's game over. If they keep rolling and rolling with all the different weapons, you can't do anything about it. So, the Vikings defense, if they want to win this game, Daniil Hunter, their edge rusher, needs to pressure Drew Brees. And... You know, I'll throw in Anthony Barr in there as well. Like, these guys need to get to the quarterback. And I'm not even talking about sacks. I mean, sacks would be great. But legitimately, like, they need to make him uncomfortable. They need him to get off his spot, even though he can make plays off his spot. But, like, they need him to not be able to just to sit back, dissect the defense the way that Drew Brees does. That's that's my X factor. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a question right now. <laughs> Want to read it and from from my uncle? Can you read it? Because it's a funny question. Says which couch seat would be best for the Cowboys fan for the games? Recliner or the end of the couch? Do you have an answer? Because yeah, I do. I'm an end of the couch kind of guy. I like recliners are nice, but I like just like cozying up into the corner of a couch. Wow, you like give such a legit answer yeah. to that silly question. Oh yeah. <laughs> My answer is also at the end of the couch, but for this reason, because the recliner, the recliner, you recline back, you like pop up the thing, you take the pressure off your feet, but right now there is no pressure for the Cowboys fans, so they can be perfectly fine on the end of the couch, it's fine, so no pressure there. (laughs) Anyway, thanks Thanks for that question. If you're just joining us now, welcome into Simultaneous Catch Live. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Josh Lappin. We're recording our Wild Card Weekend episode live on Facebook here, as we're also doing it on our laptops with our mics. Uh, right now, we're talking about the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. We're about to get into our pals picks here. Um, we did the last game already. We're going reverse order to end with the Bills. Uh, a couple people have said go Bills. We're, we'll get there, but like, I'm nervous, man. Like I have, I have a lot of nervous energy going on here. This is different than Jacksonville because in Jacksonville, it's like it'd be nice, but I didn't think we were gonna win. And but like this year, it's like I think we win this game anyway. Uh, So we're gonna get to Powell's picks here. We already both picked Seattle. So who you got? Yeah, in New Orleans. I'm still going to New Orleans again. It's experience, and you're gonna hear that from me two more times in this game. Okay, for for most of it at least. Okay, Uh, experience matters, and I think Drew Brees has been there and done it where Kirk Cousins has been in a couple of playoff games but hasn't won any, yep. and they're in the Dome. It's going to be tough, and I think I, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think that's no. silly to say, but I, I do. Either. I am picking New Orleans. I do think New Orleans wins this by, like, 10. I do think that that's what it ends up being. I think it'll be close pretty much the whole way, but I'm, I'm going to say New Orleans 30, Minnesota 20. I do think that that's how it ends up being. Uh, I think that Minnesota's just been an interesting team this year where there at times they just play – so well where you think wow this is a legitimate contender and then there are other times you're like what are you doing yeah so mike boone uh (laughs) i will also say and it'll come back to bite me because it just will but this is this is the way i would want the playoffs to go right now for 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 green bay for green bay because i don't i want an indoor team because then you play seattle right i mean well if 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 well if new orleans wins new orleans goes to, to green bay Green Bay's the two seed. I thought the one seed. Oh, the one seed gets the lower one. You're right. They do go to Green Bay. So I, I told you that, but that's what I told you it was going to set up. I said you want to be the two seed because if you want, I mean, there's a lot of different ways right, I could play right. that. But I'd rather have the indoor team right. come to Green Bay. Yeah. Well, obviously Minnesota's an indoor team, but they've played in Green Bay. They know those weather and they they know how to play there. Mm-hmm. So that's actually that's what I want. Yeah. Well. All right. So we both went to Seattle. We both New Orleans, and here comes the split as we head to the AFC today. Wild card weekend. Let's go with the night game first. Tennessee Titans going into Gillette Stadium. And I'll jump right in with keys to victory. My favorite running back in the NFL, Derrick Henry, has to be Derrick Henry. And he has been for the last four weeks, five, six weeks. Uh, NFL's leading rusher. He's been incredible. And that's how – I mean, Ryan Tannehill has got to play the way Ryan Tannehill has played 
this year. Um, they're seven and three when he started, which is awesome. He's the number two passer in the NFL in terms of rating, and he's the number one in terms of yard yards per completion, yards per attempt. I mean, he's been incredible. Uh, reinvented himself as a quarterback since coming over from Miami. Okay. I mean, I don't think he's never. I mean, he played well at parts. We've talked about this in Miami, but he's never played this well. I don't think. Well, there's better pieces than better coaches. This is very true. But regardless, uh, that's my key. Is this has got to be Derrick Henry, and I know that Tannehill also has to play well. But they they just have to have Derrick Henry running on whatever his first down, second down, third down, whatever it is. He needs to be getting those five ten yards a clip at times, and he needs to get into the end zone for them. And that's my that's my key to victory for them. My key to victory for the Pats is they need somebody to catch the ball, and I know Julian Edelman's going to play, even though he's still banged up. Uh, I know that the, you know the past couple of weeks they've scored more points, uh, but their defense has been letting up more, and the you know the Titans' defense is hot. So for me, it's are these Pats receivers going to step up and elevate Tom Brady because Tom Brady has elevated this whole team his whole career, and finally it's the other way around. The receivers need to help elevate Tom because there's so many passes of Tom's that are off target. There are so many passes that hang in the air or wobble that just never used to. And again, like I, I'm serious, that he needs his play his playmakers to make plays to help him look better. That's my that's where my key is for them. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, obviously, I don't want to say it all goes through Derrick Henry, but a large portion of it does. Now, this mm-hmm. is a team when two years ago they played in the playoffs and they held Derrick Henry to 23 yards. Yeah. So if they can do something similar to that, then I think we'll probably see similar results. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good things to think about here, though. There's a lot of good storylines. I mean, I think. Obviously, Marcus has played New England, uh, Marcus Mariota, and he's he's beat them a handful of times. He's also lost them. But you're also talking about a quarterback that knows New England very, very well. He has right, been in your yeah. just as much. If he's been there more often than, than Marcus Mariota, so he's not going to be him a couple times too. He's not going to be rattled by the environment. He knows what it's like to play there, and I think that's going to go a long way in that as well. And we'll we'll see. I mean, like you said, that defense for New England has been has been breaking a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, as of late last year or last year last week. They gave up their first 100 yard wide receiver. We'll Devontae see Parker. if AJ Brown <laughs> is able to do something similar, some similar damage. Great. He's been just on fire. Rookie of the year for me. Cool. I mean, like I like that. You know, he was my favorite wide receiver coming out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's going to be really really exciting, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see two teams that obviously they have. Similar head coaches in a certain way. Yeah, I mean, very well country from from the Patriots and mm-hmm. that coaching style, and he knows what to do. So I'm I'm really excited about this one. So X factor for you for this game? Yeah, X factor. I'm gonna go. You talked about Julian Edelman, but I'm gonna go uh, Keneal Harry, Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry. Excuse yeah. me uh, for yeah. the wide receivers. Well, that was my favorite receiver of the Pats. I think uh, they came out this week and they said they're going to get him going, which I don't really know what that meant because it's – I mean, he was injured. He just, he did come back late and he made a few plays here and there. But, I mean, it's not like he He's hasn't the Buffalo been out there. Big plays. So I don't really know what it means to get him going, but yeah. they need to. They need mm-hmm. – like you said, like that's a very important thing. So maybe it's yeah. a low-hanging fruit, but I think that's important for, yeah. for New England. Absolutely. And – on the flip side, I think the defense just needs to be what it was at the beginning of the year versus the latter of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they can do against Tannehill. A quarterback that, like I said, he knows them, but they know him. Ryan Tannehill. So <laughs> when I think X-Factor, I think of the non-givens. You know, the things that we know about that are going to show up don't count as X-Factors, right? So I'm not – it's not going to be the Pats' defense, even though they've played not as great recently. It's not going to be Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill because they have played really well. Last, no, no, I'm not. I'm just setting this so up to say – you said the X-Factor was Russell. That, that I'm going – did I? No, I didn't. I said that that was the key to victory. The X-Factor was Jadavian Clowney. Thank you. <laughs> um, but my X-Factor is on the Tennessee Titan defense, and it is – Cornerback Logan Ryan, former Pat. Uh, we talked about him in a, one of our bigger than football ep- or segments in one of our previous episodes. An excellent cornerback. Uh, four or five picks in the season, and the league leader was Tre'Davious with six. So I mean, he's not that far behind. And he's a great corner, and he need. I think he needs to have a pick in this game. I think that, that, that Tennessee needs a turnover in this game. 
like at a big moment, whether it's like right at the beginning of the game to, you know, get into that rhythm and just get things going and getting you believing. And then you get a score off of that. Or if it's like at the end of the half when the Patriots are about to score or uh, I, think, I think it needs to be that, which would be great, which is be I awesome. Think that's more important. But again, like they did, in a big moment, he needs to come up big. And I, you know, I'm inclined to believe that he can because he's done it all year. So that that's my X factor. So let's yeah. let's lead, lead into Pal's picks here. Who you got? But I'm just I'll, before we do that, I'll yeah. say that's a good one. I like yeah. that. And I'm just saying, last week he saw another former ex Pat defensive back catch a pick. Yeah. Go go take it for pick six. So yeah. you can bet he he wants to do it too. Yeah. So. Uh, Pal's picks. I don't. Uh, I'm going with Tennessee. I don't know why you think I'm going to split on Ooh. this. I think right now they're <laughs> the better team. They have better pieces. They, this they might have, be the, this might be the first time ever in the history of Pal's picks that you picked Tennessee to win a game. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm going to go with Tennessee. But yeah. they, they're. I'm, uh, I'm not going to be shocked whatsoever if New England is New England. Is right. And no, but going. And I don't think anybody will be. But right now, they just have the better team. I fully believe that. Even with the great pieces of the Pats' defense, yeah. the Tennessee has great pieces on defense as well. Mm-hmm. And they just have a better, more clicking offense right now. And I so agree. that's a more complete team. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just think that I think that Tennessee is just the better football team. And I, I know that people are going to bemoan the fact that we're not talking about Tom Brady's playoff experience and and the Patriots have been here done that sort of thing but they haven't played in wild card weekend in about 10 Ten years, years. Uh, they're three and three in the wild card round and I just I don't see I mean this, this is this is such a terrible matchup for them because they have a defense that is pretty good against the pass and New England hasn't been able to run the ball that well, although they've been doing it better of late. So they're going to try to pass the ball and not be able to do it. Uh, they're going to really need Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle to, to get rolling. James White, they're going to need that to happen. James and White's a big X factor. He's a huge player in this game. And then on on defense, they have to stop this red-hot offense. And I just think that we just saw Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker tear it up. I believe that Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown could do that same thing. So we'll see what happens. I do. I expect Derek Henry to have another huge day. Uh, I expect a turnover-free game for Tennessee, and then one to two turnovers from New England. I really see this going down that way. And I'm going to say Tennessee 21, New England 20. Wow. I think I think it's come down right down to the wire, and I think that it's going to be in Brady's hands, and people are going to be like, "Oh, look, here we go, same old, same old." And he's not going to be able to do it because he's just. I, I, I mean, think, if you put me in that game scenario, I would take the pass. I, I well, and that's fair. But I, that. I see that happening, uh, and we'll, we'll see. That which means I'm probably wrong, but yeah, I so. think you're wrong because I don't think it's going to be that. So we're three for three on picks here. Uh, if you're just joining us, thank you for joining Simultaneous Catch Live. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Josh Lappin. Yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, we're getting to our last game here. Uh, we previewing Wild Card Weekend. This episode will also go up, so you'll be able to listen to our talk about the NFC for tomorrow's games before tomorrow. Uh, we just finished up talking about Tennessee at New England, and we're going to go to Buffalo at Houston next. But as a recap of picks, we both got Seattle winning on the road. We both have New Orleans winning at home, and then we both have Tennessee upsetting the Patriots in New England. And here we go. Game is about 40 minutes from kickoff, something like that. But Buffalo Bills are traveling to Houston to face the Texans. Oh, Thoughts? yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. This is this is the matchup that we've been talking about for a handful of days now, personally. Mm-hmm. And I think when I was thinking about the playoff picture, this is kind of the one I wanted. I like the matchup. Yeah, this is the yeah. matchup I wanted. Like we were talking about how it could have been Kansas City with how we thought things were going to go out, but I'm glad it went this way because I think this is going to be one of the more exciting games. Yeah, I I do think it's going to be a very close game. I I don't see either team really pulling away by much, if if at all. Uh, my my keys. We'll get ready to the keys of victory here. My keys for Houston are Houston needs DeAndre Hopkins to beat Tre'Davious White. All I don't pro, know if they're going to be playing that. Much. All all pro versus all pro. And here's the other thing is that 
that with Will Fuller being out, because he was declared out, yeah. this gives a huge advantage to Buffalo because they don't have to have Trey Shadowland now. I don't think Trey's really going to play on him too much. No, he, he did last lines time. lines up in the slot a lot this true. year, and Trey doesn't go to the slot They've really much. moved him around, and it'll be interesting. I do hope there's a, a handful of matchups between the two. And I, I mean, it'd be fun. Um, but for me, it's... Especially De- if D-Hop gets hot early, right. then they'll put him on. But, like, but. DeAndre Hopkins has to have a huge game for me. Because, we like, we, Carlos Hyde is good. He has his first 1,000-yard season, six touchdowns. Good, for him. good season. Good for him. I'm very, you know, happy for him. Uh, Duke Johnson's been great out of the backfield, about 500 yards receiving and three touchdowns. I mean, so they have pieces. Uh, but then you've got guys that have to step up other than DeAndre Hopkins at receiver. We're talking about DeAndre Carter, I'm going to get to him. I'm just saying we're talking about DeAndre Carter, who's a former special teams guy, really is starting to play receiver. Uh, Kiki QT, who's been very inconsistent all year. Uh, He's been in a healthy scratch multiple times this year. So, And we're talking about Kenny Stills, the former Dolphin, who... You know, it's kind of a Bills killer because he did it when he was in New Orleans and he did it when he was in Miami. So, I mean, I just think that DeAndre's got to have a huge day for for this Houston offense to score much at all against the number two ranked defense in the NFL, Buffalo Bills. Um, and for Buffalo, for me, it's the mo- it's the simplest thing. And it's what everybody's going to say. It's Josh Allen's got to play clutch. He's got to be big in the huge moments, which he has been. All year. He's the number one rated passer in the fourth quarter in the entire NFL. In the whole NFL. And in the last half of the season, he's got, what was it, uh, like 23 touchdowns and two picks and three. Like, I mean, he's just been off the charts good in the last second half of the season. So I just think that he's got to play the way that I've seen him play in big moments. It's just got to be for this whole game. I don't, I don't think that we can have a lull and win this game. Uh, I do think the matchup is so good for us, though, because Houston is the 28th overall ranked defense, even though J.J. Watt is coming back, and Buffalo is the second-ranked defense. So the, the, it's strength versus strength in Houston's offense versus Buffalo's defense and weakness versus weakness. So it's got to be which weakness overcomes in, you know, for me, that that key to victory is Josh Allen's got to play great. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, my you you just mentioned my uh, my what is this key keys to, to victory? Keys to victory, and that is going to be JJ Watt in that defensive front. I've been yeah. talking about it a lot, but Josh Allen is is very very good. If you don't put pressure on him, get him uncomfortable because he will roll out, he will run, he throws it on the run very very well. So it's going to be those guys getting pressure on him and making him uncomfortable, especially if you can get him to get a little loose with that football. He's known for has a penchant for for putting the ball on the ground. So those that's important to me. I'm mm-hmm. very interested to see how much JJ plays today. I know he is really he's gearing for it, and O'Brien right now is going to have to really limit and not let the he's emotion. He's going to play a lot. He's going to have to make sure that JJ Watts emotions don't get the better of him because he's needs to look out for for not only his football playing career future but just his future as a whole this is a guy that's been very very beat up yeah throughout his career so absolutely x factor x factor uh are we you you want to do buffalo and i'll do well yeah my x factor for buffalo is duke williams i haven't been able to check for sure if he's active but it it seemed i i you want can you go on twitter and check like, because wow. I I think that he is going to be active. There are a lot of reporters saying that you know they heard talks that he was going to be active. Only one um, battery. Oh, I'm sorry. That's fine. Don't worry about it. I think he's going to be right. active. But I the X factor for me not just in the pass game because he did have six catches over 100 yards uh, last week in the passing game as the only option against the fifth ranked defense in the NFL with backups, that, which is huge. Uh, but he's the best run blocker we have in the wide receiver room. Out of every receiver we have, he is the best run blocker, and it's something that we talked about with big receiver with um, with really good receivers. And I mean, it's something we we talked about with one of our favorite receivers in the NFL, Larry Fitzgerald, is one of the most prolific wide receivers in the NFL. Amazing blocker, Duke Williams is a fantastic blocker, especially on the edge where Devin Singletary eats. He goes Devin Singletary's biggest plays come when he's able to get off that tackle and get out on the edge and make a couple guys miss and. When you have a big receiver, he is active. Like I said, I thought he was going to be. But so for me, it's 
Duke Williams huge in the run game to set up those Devin Singletary run runs, and then Devin Singletary making, or, and then Duke Williams making a couple of those jump ball plays with his six foot three, six foot four frame, and and making a couple of huge plays, something that's been missing from our offense. So for me, it, it's got to be him. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go on the other side mm-hmm. if we're talking about Buffalo, and it, yeah. it's John Brown. Yeah. You know, this is a speedster guy where they haven't. He's been very, 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 very good, yes. but hasn't always connected on those deep balls. And this is a defense with an aging Jonathan Joseph out there at, on a corner. I mean, they're patchwork secondary. secondary. And I, I think you don't need the deep ball to win, but it's going to make it a heck of a lot easier. So Yeah, and they have it, – it's, it, it's something that has improved a lot recently. I mean, we hit that big one when Stephon Gilmore was in coverage against him in the past game. Uh, you know, of course, we had a big one against Miami. We had a big one against Denver. So, like, it's been getting better in the second half of the season. But that's a great point. I, I think that's a – and I'm a little bit worried about the Houston secondary because, again, it, it people are, you know, going at it so much because they haven't been very good. But it's stuffed with former first-round picks. You know what I mean? They have – Vernon. they picked up Vernon Hargraves, who – uh, the ten mid bucks cut yeah. former first round pick. Uh, Jonathan Joseph was a first round pick. Uh, they traded for Garyon Conley from Houston was or from Houston uh, from okay. Oakland was a former first round pick. Like I said, they, they they littered with talent. It's just they haven't played up to it. So we'll see what happens in this game. But that is, that does make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, so we're gonna do we do any extractors for the other team, or we're we just gonna go picks? You can if you want to, but X factor for me on Houston is Kenny Stills. Tyler yeah. Leonard, he's a Bills killer. Uh, Kenny Stills, if if uh, DeAndre Hopkins can't have the game that I think he needs to have for them to win, Kenny Stills has got to step up. And he has at certain times, especially with Will Fuller being out. Kenny Stills is a very fast guy. Um, I do think he's worked better when he's been able to get into the slot and work against those slot corners and linebackers at times. But I think he's he, he's got to be huge for this team if, if DeAndre Hopkins can't beat Tr- Tredavious White or whoever they put on him. For sure, yeah. My X Factor, I'm going to put two. I'm going to go with Carlos Hyde and Duke okay. Johnson yeah. because I think they're going to have to establish mm-hmm. the run. They don't want it to be solely on the arm of Watson. And like right. you said, Fuller being out, Deshaun Watson plays a lot better when Will Fuller's in the lineup. Absolutely. More so than just being able to run the football and catch the football. So right. Both backs can just catch the, the threat football. of him on the field stretches the defense. It's going to be the blocking ability. It's giving Deshaun Watson extra time, especially against a pretty great ferocious front and their linebackers Edmonds is able to blitz very 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 well Mm -hmm. so it's gonna have to give Deshaun Watson a little extra time either to stay in the pocket or to roll out and make legs plays with his legs but that's gonna start with extra blocking from those running backs I'm getting jittery (laughs) you can tell all right pals picks here we go go ahead yeah so we're gonna have our first split because I am going with Houston this game I'm going with Houston not because I think Buffalo Buffalo has been very very good this year and I'm not gonna be surprised if they win but I do think here we go. This is why I've been hinting at it the entire time. I think playoff experience isn't necessary. Last year was the first year that Houston got to the playoffs with Deshaun Watson. We saw yeah. him get a complete flat tire. So while Josh Allen has played very, very well, I don't think he's been on this stage yet. He has shown some steps at getting ready for this yeah. stage. We saw it on Thanksgiving in primetime. Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football. But we haven't seen this. Is just This is just different. And I don't care. I, people will say it's not. Players say it's not. But it is. There, there's just a different buzz about it. And it's something that a lot of these Buffalo players haven't haven't been to or they haven't necessarily found success in it so i'm just going to go with the team that's been there and they're they know last year they're like okay this is what happened let's reevaluate and let's think of it this way now and i think it shows good good promise for your bills moving forward that's fair enough and like i said i i houston's a good football team this they won their division and i i'm not going to be shocked if that happens there are 11 players on this Bills team that were in the playoffs with us two years ago. 11 players. Wow. It's a completely new roster, and it's a completely new feel. I, I just think that this team is ready to go. This team is hungry. This team just has too much talent on it. And you're right. Like If we lose, I'll be upset because I do think that this is the moment where like we get a playoff win or two or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I do think that we are good enough to do that. 
But we talk about it all the time. We have so much cap next year and so many draft picks that like next year and the year after the years where we really take control, I think, of the of, of the AFC in, in a sense. But I think we win this game. I, like I said, I am, I'm nervous. Uh, I'm getting like antsy because we're like half hour to game time. And like I said, this is different than when we played Jacksonville. Because when we played Jacksonville, it was just, you know, man, the curse was broke. It was just so much fun to watch a wild card game, a playoff game with my bills in it. I was so... So excited for that, uh, but this one's this one. This feels different. You know, it doesn't feel like a, thank God we're here. It feels like a, let's do something because just this whole season, people have been like begrudgingly giving props to Buffalo. I think there are times where like, yeah, Josh Allen had a good game. That's great. Or the defense is no joke. But I, I just don't think they can do anything. Like, like I really want well, them. How Brand would be really upset that you said that. He he did pick Buffalo, but he gave a huge passionate speech about Houston. That was pretty cool. Um, but anyway, like I said, I just I think so many people are like, yeah, Buffalo's pretty good, but like they don't believe in them. And I just I really think that this is a statement. And Josh Allen says, you know, I've been playing the best in the fourth quarter out of any quarterback in the league all season. I I I'm ready for these big moments. I step up in them, and I think it happens. I think he has a great day. I think Devin Singletary gets off and running against this weak defense, and I I just see the Buffalo defense being able to suffocate. Houston, I think Buffalo wins. They put up 24 points, which the, the the magic number all year for Buffalo has been 20. When they've scored 20 plus points, they're seven and zero. So that's the magic number for us. I think we get there. It's 24 points we score. We hold them to 17, and Buffalo wins, and they move on to the next round and probably play. If it falls the way we said, they're going into Kansas City. All right, cool stuff, man. Cool stuff. Yeah. Wait, no, no, no. They wouldn't go to Kansas City. They go into Baltimore because if Tennessee wins, Tennessee goes to yeah. no, they're the lower seed. Right, I just messed this up earlier. So you, so the six seed goes to the one, right? Yeah. So then we would go into Kansas City. Yeah. Which would be a whole other animal. But let's go Buffalo. Love it. Do you have friends' fortune? Yeah, I'm gonna say that uh, in these four games this weekend, we are going to see five quarterback fumbles. Whoa. Okay. Like so. Like they fumble it regardless of whether or not they recover it. Yes. No, they're just gonna put it on the ground. ground. Okay. So Not for, necessarily get a turnover, but they were going to lose it. So this is going to go against the scores that I gave. <laughs> <laughs> but my friend's fortune, bold prediction for Wild Card Weekend. I, I don't know if it's exactly the same as it was last year, but it's similar, is that they will all be one possession games. I think all four games... I think that's pretty similar, what I, you said. I, 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 I don't know if that's one, exactly I what I said. You only said one that went against it. I may have said, like, they were all going to be three-point games last year, but they're all going to be one-possession games within one score. That's eight points or less. And uh, I just think we're in for a really great wildcard weekend starting in about 25 minutes here. Here we go. And yeah. I, I, I will say this to wrap the show. Yeah. Is this different than years past? Because I don't remember a year where it's been the AFC and the NFC on separate days. It's not. That, that wasn't. That feels weird to me. That wasn't by design, I don't think. I think it was just, they were like, oh, Houston's got to play 420. <laughs> um, no, I don't I think they did it on purpose. That. But no, I always think. I always split. thought it was like one team. Like the I NFC think it's split. And, yeah. But uh, if you're just joining us, uh, thanks for tuning in. This is Simultaneous Catch Live. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. I'm Josh Lackett. Yeah, and uh, thanks for listening. We are going to post this episode probably later today um, so that you can listen to the first half, which is us previewing tomorrow's games on Sunday. That is the Vikings heading to New Orleans at 1, and then Seattle Seahawks heading into Philly at uh, Philly. About 4, right? Like Monty 4 or 5. G. Yeah, Monty yeah. G. Didn't get, our, didn't get on our show. Uh, but really, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great Oh, weekend. I hope you're having a wonderful new year and go Pills. Please win. Bye, everybody.